Conservative. Constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Writer Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And welcome everybody on this Thanksgiving to the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. I thank you all for joining me on this wonderful turkey day. I thank you for coming together as a family and giving thanks for everything that it means to live in this wonderful country. It's an important now more than ever that we do that because as we know, the left, the liberal agenda, whatever you want to call it, the crazies, you know, we've got a lot of evidence today of the crazies. Uh, they want to cancel Thanksgiving. They don't they don't want us to gather together as a family and give thanks. Um, you know, every year recently, honestly, every single holiday at all that is simply about celebrating true Judeo-Christian values, values like family, values like pride in your country, values like uh, uh, traditional beliefs, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Memorial Days, those days there, Columbus Day, those days have come under attack by the far left. They don't want us to celebrate them. Now, of course, they're going to make up their reasoning, say it's offensive to the Indians or somebody because we go ahead and celebrate it. And, and they'll have their arguments. And well, if you took them at face value, they could seem good. I mean, they're arguing, of course, about atrocities and actions that took place hundreds of years ago. And in general, of course, there's several sides to every story. Um, and and they, they do like to romanticize naturally the Native Americans in America. They love to pretend that they were these very peaceful, kumbaya, earth-loving uh, people that didn't fight or war each other at all when that was quite literally the opposite. They're very much so a warful nation. I did an episode on this oh, about a month or so ago uh, where we were talking about, um, you know, Native American history in Kentucky as somebody was trying to claim, of course, that uh, uh, it, it was to do with, um, oh, that issue on the mountain that occurred uh, where, um, you know, a group was that the Waymakers Collective was pushed out of a mountain there in Pikeville um, because they had taken over this school area there and, and they'd rented it out and they, there's an old church there and they'd taken it over and they were uh, turned it into a Buddhist worshiping weirdo space in the church sanctuary. And so local residents, Rock, I believe it's Rocky Top. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, Pine Mountain. It was a Pine Mountain incident. I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot that. On Pine Mountain, they have a school and this Waymakers Collective, this far left group, had rented it out, and without it appears telling the the uh, um, the people who run the place, they basically desecrated the sanctuary of the church, putting up other religious symbols. And then the local people around Pine Mountain came there to tell them, "Look, you need to leave out of this area. You got to leave the church alone." And of course, the leftists didn't like it when they're called out for. Uh, uh, destroying something. And then in their defense of why they got to destroy it, they pointed to, well, you know, this land really belongs to the Indians. So, you know, who does it really belong to? You're mad at us for desecrating something you say belongs to you, but really it belongs to the peaceful, loving Indians. And, and so we dived in and looked at that history there. So I'm not going to repeat that, but 
it is important we gather together on Thanksgiving and and remember everything that there is uh, to be thankful for, because the left doesn't want you to do that. They'd rather have you sit around today and day of remembering wars hundreds of years ago that probably your ancestors had nothing to do with. Well, if you all want to reach out to the show, remember you can email us at info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com with your questions, your comments, your concerns, your ideas. Um, you can always listen to this show every day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. right here on WZXI, which is 1280 a.m., 94.1 FM, 95.5 FM there in the centralish Kentucky area, Garrett. Uh, County, Jasmine County, uh, Fayette County, um, you know, Boyle, Lincoln, Madison County, right, right there in that area. Uh, you can listen to it there or you can catch it at 1 p.m. everywhere else on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, uh, Apple, iHeart, a, a bunch of others there. So if you miss it at 9 a.m. on WZXI, you can catch it there. If you want to watch shows or anything else, just feel free to visit theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's theandrewshow.com. And and uh, you can also there, I've got like a form you can fill out if you want to reach out to the show on that. But I do suggest just go ahead and emailing info at theandrewshow.com. I do get your emails. I see them. Some people send me tips. One of the stories I'll talk about today uh, was sent over to me as uh, as a as a hey, this is something I'd like for you to cover. I'd seen the story already, of course, um, and so I wanted to touch on it. And and that was the Louisville police chief uh, was caught lying on the stand, or appears to be lying on the stand earlier this week. So she was uh, under a a hearing investigation over a incident that occurred several years ago. And she apparently had responded to that incident in person. And while on the stand, she was asked whether or not uh, she had worn a body camera to the event. Or if she did wear one, did she just not turn it on? Why would she have not turned it on? She said, no, 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 I didn't have my body camera on. If I did, I would have turned it on. At which point the, uh, uh, you know, people coming after him there present some evidence showing that she did. In fact, she was actually wearing her body camera on that day, according to other footage grabbed from the area. uh, And she just hadn't turned it on. And um, she was quite flabbergasted. I think she honestly believed she wasn't wearing a body camera. I think she probably forgot. She didn't turn it on because everybody else she knows is wearing a body camera. And so if you're going to lie about it, well, you'd hope you wouldn't lie about it where, you know, there's going to be, you know, if you wore a body camera, didn't turn it on, you're there with a bunch of other officers, you know that they had on their body cameras and you know that they would catch a video of you wearing your body camera. And so I do not think she, I think she honestly thought she wasn't wearing a body camera. I just, I I don't see how you would, one, you could just say I was wearing one. I guess it didn't turn it on. I thought I did right? That'd be just the same as I wasn't wearing one. I mean, if you're trying to avoid saying like, you know, you're trying to avoid people thinking you're up to something or thinking there's, there's something bad going on. I mean, you don't avoid that by saying I'm not wearing a body camera. That doesn't avoid it at all. People would think you just didn't put it on because you were planning on doing something wrong. And so I honestly believe, I think she didn't 
believe she was wearing a body camera at the time. And quite based on the transcript from the courts, it really looks like she was utterly flabbergasted uh, to see that that was the case. She just looked shocked by it. Um, and so, you know, is, is she a good chief of police? No, no, she's awful. But do I think she was purposely trying to quote unquote lie? Or do I think she was actually lying and not just, she just didn't forget. I think it's very possible. She just kind of forgot. Speaking of Louisville and police, the big story today, um, you may remember earlier this year, you should remember earlier this year, the mass shooting that took place at a bank in Louisville, unfortunately, uh, left uh, a few people dead from that. Well, the, the investigation has concluded and the police released, it looks like 63, 64 or so pages of ramblings and, and writings from this deranged shooter. I won't say his name because, well, frankly, he's a piece of trash and I don't want his name to touch my lips. But uh, the ramblings from this deranged individual and it would appear uh, he was he was quite taken over by that leftist ideology um, based upon what he wrote. And so we're going to go over what he said and uh, how that ties in with everything else, what the left's and media's response has been to this. Because, you know, anytime somebody does a mass shooting and then somehow even one time liked a Trump post, they blame Republicans. So we'll say the left is saying this one's on us. Uh, or if they're going to continue to somehow still blame Republicans uh, or or try to blame something else. Maybe they'll even go along with what the shooter had to say. Maybe they actually think here today that that mass shooter, that piece of garbage, was right. Uh, maybe that's what they think. But we'll have that after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Kuberwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics. You are back with the Andrew Kubrider Show, your source for Kentucky politics. If you want to reach out to the show, remember it's info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, info at theandrewshow.com. Before the break, I was talking about this Louisville mass shooter uh, back in April who, who wrecked some havoc there. Truly awful, horrible person. And 64 pages of his quote unquote, manifesto writings, reasoning behind what he did has come out. And, you know, people talk about false flag operations when it comes to these kinds of shootings. And and I'm not, this clearly wasn't a false flag operation. I'm not going to say it wasn't. I tell you how I know that because generally false flag operations don't say that they're halfway false flag operations. I'll, I'll explain. But people talk about false flag operations in some of these shootings. And they talk about how, uh, there's a there's a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just letting you know there is a conspiracy theory out there that you know whether it's the CIA, FBI, people out there are uh, going out there and finding troubled youth and troubled men, especially especially if they're on the right, that'd be great, and convincing them to go pull off mass shootings uh, in order to yeah some people die, but then. We can get gun control in and that will help or save the masses. And generally speaking, I've always found that to be hard to believe. I, I, I find that type of thought process that there'd be people out there willing to kill others simply uh, uh, because 
with a gun because they believe it would forward gun control. I mean, that's essentially what's at the base there of these false flag operations. And I I think the reason why I generally think that's not possible or in my mind, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it is because quite frankly, I'm a conservative and being a conservative means I believe in the sanctity of life. And I personally can't fathom the idea that killing a few is somehow what's best for the many. And, and, And that's why like my ideology, my belief that God is my higher power um, that, you know, what happens on this earth isn't always for me to decide uh, that that I'm not, quote unquote, afraid of death. I don't want to die, but I'm not afraid of death in the way that, you know, if you're a godless person and you don't believe there's anything after this, death would greatly be something you would fear quite a bit, I think. Um, you know, I, I find my purpose from my creator. I don't need to find purpose necessarily from what I'm doing here in life. I know if I exemplify uh, God's commandments as best I can and exemplify uh, the best I can his 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 life and so on and so forth, then I can, that's how I find my meaning, right? I, I can make a difference for people, but my life isn't just about what I do on this planet. It's also about what continues on. And so for that reason, part of that belief system, the the belief that it's never right to decide who lives and dies as humans, and, and this belief that we do have higher value, that's that's the reasons why I took such a strong stand at COVID lockdowns. I believed they were so incredibly immoral and are immoral because we were trading lives and not saving them by shutting down restaurants, by shutting down businesses, by throwing people alone. We were creating suicides on massive scale. You know, when I, when I first, in our younger generations, and, and, and that's, actual taking a life, not to mention the value of living life. I have no doubt that lockdowns and shutting things down may have saved a few elderly people and, and, and given them a few more years, uh, than what they would have before, you know, whether it's COVID a a bad flu, pneumonia or something, whatever it would have been to, uh, unfortunately in their existence on this plane. Um, I'm, I'm sure it did save a few of those people from that inevitable demise by a few years. But when it comes to the younger people, the younger ones amongst us, it cost them years of their lives, at least as far as living them go, setting them back in education or their careers or, you know, what they were working towards. And then some people, it literally cost them their lives as they fell into depression, addiction because of it and committed suicide. You know, when I first stayed open, it was, I think the second or third day I'd stayed open at my coffee shop brood during the pandemic and I refused to shut down. And a woman had came up to me and um, kept saying that she she said her hus- her her son would have been so proud. She wished she could have seen what I did. He would have been so proud to see somebody fighting against this craziness. And I and, and she kept saying that. And she used past tense terms. And I asked her, um, you know, where her son was, what happened to him, why why was she using these past tense terms? And she responded by saying that he had taken his own life just a week or so prior, they're unaware of how badly the lockdowns, not being able to see his friends, not go to school was affecting his mental state. And he took his own life. Absolutely awful. But those are the kinds of ramifications that come from these sudden policies from the government. And they just act on them and, and they continue on without a second thought about it. That's why I took issue with COVID and in this same way. So, so basically me, a rational person, I have a hard time of getting in that mindset of individuals that say, hey, the greater good. 
if we got to kill a few people, sacrifice a few for the greater good, well, then that's just okay. But then again, I'm not a godless, deranged leftist tyrant. Because, of course, these leftists are more than willing to sacrifice people at the altar of their religion, whether it's figuratively sacrificing, quote unquote, their lives and livelihoods, sacrificing uh, uh, themselves through atonement, or by, by sacrificing other people in needs of, of furthering their beliefs, whether that's sacrificing kids as far as, as pushing them into this uh, gender ideology cult, whether it is uh, taking deaths of other people, of criminals, and then using them to somehow forward an idea that all cops are bad. That's taking lives and using them at the altar of leftism, sacrificing them there. They need bodies to sacrifice. It's in their thought process. And it's clear that this thought process taken to its conclusion resulted in, in some of what we saw from this horrible individual, this mass shooter in Louisville earlier this year, who walked into a bank in Louisville and just killed several people. And well, why? Because it would appear, obviously, he was mentally ill. First, he was mentally ill. Above all else, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and blame individual leftists. I'm, I'm not a leftist. I don't blame, you know, leftists blame righties for the behavior and, and, and they blame conservatives for their rhetoric when anybody dies on the left. But I'm not going to do the same thing. This person was mentally ill, clearly, clearly. But in his writings, he acknowledged he was mentally ill and said that he was going to pull out, he was going to shoot these people and they would, uh, um, in order to further gun control, he was doing it. So basically he thought his life was meaningless. He said, my life doesn't mean anything. So I want it to mean something. So I want my life to forward a leftist cause. So I'll sacrifice my life at the altar of leftism. I'll sacrifice my life at the altar. This, the, the temple I'm choosing is gun control. And he says, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice myself there. Now, we all know that those pulling the strings just want gun control because they want to subjugate us. But this guy says, I'm going to throw down my life at that altar. And this is what he exactly said. These were his exact words from his writing slash manifesto or whatever you want to call it. These people do not deserve to die. But because I was depressed and able to buy guns, they are gone. Perhaps this is the impact for change. Upper class white people dying. I certainly would not have been able to do this were it more difficult to get a gun. That was one continuous thought he said. He said, so, so he's literally saying, he's acknowledging that the people he's about to kill didn't deserve to die. But because he's depressed and able to buy guns, well, that, that's why they're dying. It's not because, of course, he's mentally ill or a piece of trash. Because, of course, if there's one thing that this mind virus ideology doesn't push its personal accountability, it's everybody else's fault for everything. It's, it's yours and I's fault for allowing him to get a gun. It's yours and I's fault for not pushing for gun control. It's not his fault. 
He recognizes he's mentally ill. He recognizes the evilness and the do thing he's about to do. He recognizes that the people he's going to kill do not deserve this, but he's going to do it anyways. And he's got no choice because it's other people's fault. Other people's fault. Because he just wouldn't have been able to do it if it were more difficult to get a gun. Look, he already broke several gun laws. That's what's crazy. In his process to forward gun laws, he's honestly showing us how ineffective they are because he broke several gun laws just in buying the gun. And he honestly didn't show us at all where we could have improved outside of literally just confiscating everybody's guns, which is an impossible task. If you're leftist out there listening to this because you hate yourself and you love listening to somebody just absolutely destroy everything to do with your ideology and how evil it is. If you're listening to this, understand you can't confiscate every gun out there. It's not going to happen. There are more guns than there are people. More guns than there are people. How are you going to get them all back? It's not going to happen. The criminals will still have guns. They'll get them from somewhere. And then it'll only be the honest law-abiding citizens that will be disarmed. So your confiscating guns isn't going to happen. So all he managed to do was to show us how ineffective gun laws are because he broke them in the process of committing this horrific act. What laws did he break? Where did he show us that, that what, what, what of his proposed, he didn't really propose anything, but these gun control advocates, what they propose on mental health, red flag laws, how, how did anything he do push that forward? Well, it didn't. He broke the law. We'll be going over that after this short break. You're listening to the Andrew Kuberwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics and news. When we come back, we'll finish this out um, because absolutely it's ridiculous. are back with the Andrew Cooperator show your source for Kentucky politics. And before the break, I was talking about how uh, this, this mass shooter, this crazy person up in Louisville on his manifesto, he, he said he, he did this. He killed those people because he wanted to show how easy it was for a mentally depressed, uh, a depressed, mentally ill person like him to get a gun. Um, I don't know how mentally ill he actually was. If he had that kind of forefront of thought, but anyways, in the process, though, he broke several gun laws. Why? Because on the ATF form 4473, because he bought this gun from a gun store. He didn't go to somewhere where you don't have to fill out the forms and do a background check. No, he, he went to an actual gun store. And, and he, on this form, it asks you, are you buying this gun to commit a crime? It literally asks you, do you plan to use this gun or give this gun to somebody uh, in order to, so they can further furtherance or whatever it says of a felony or crime whatsoever. It asks that question. And then, and then it also asks if you're an unlawful user of any kind of illegal or controlled substance, including marijuana. Now, how much you want to bet this guy at least used a drug or two. He probably smoked the marijuana quite a bit, probably smoked 
quite a bit of the of the Mary Jane. I would say so. So he broke the laws buying the gun. <laughs> and yeah, he's saying more gun laws are the answer, the irony of it. And how's the media covering this? You know, they're using lines like mass shooter says he's motivated by how easily he could get a gun, making it sound like, like the mass shooter was mentally ill. He wanted to kill a bunch of people and said, well, I could just go get a gun easily. So I'll just go ahead and kill people. Ignoring the fact that's the headline, ignoring the fact that according to him and what he wrote, this is what he wrote. Almost the only reason why he did it was in order to show his life he felt was meaningless. He wanted to give it some meaning. He wanted to be a martyr, right? He wanted to be, you know, like a suicide bomber. So he decided he wanted to go ahead and risk his, his life or waste his life on furthering a leftist cause by going out, buying a gun and shooting people. It wasn't that he was just motivated by how easily he could get a gun. It was like, in his mind, the entire purpose was the leftist rhetoric. I mean, the mass shooter was clearly motivated by leftist rhetoric. Now, what's funny is leftists blame us for everything. R remember, earlier this week, I talked about the LGBTQ groomer con and uh, how enraged the left was uh, about us calling out these sickos for what they're doing to kids. And one of the speakers and leaders of this is uh, a former public school teacher. I think his name's like Willie Carver, but he goes by, he, a lot of times he'll go by Big Gay Willie. That's right, Big Gay Willie. He sounds like a person you want around your kids. And, and this guy got into it with me online, right? Well, just a day ago or so, he, he tweeted this out on the Trans Day of remembrance. So this is a far left guy. This is their foot soldier. This is one of their activists. This is this is a a priest in the temple of uh the the LGBTQ part of the cult uh, of that temple there. And um he he tweeted this out when the White House had its remembrance day on the death of, death of 33 trans people over the last year. Um, you know, these trans people who, by the way, not a single one of them, it appears were actually the victim of a hate crime. No, in fact, several of them died shooting at or attacking police officers or other citizens that were then defending themselves. But regardless, he blamed every single one of those deaths on people like you and me, because he tweeted this. He said, every Republican who cheered on Kid Rock as he shot at beer cans representing Dylan Mulvaney, who engaged in hateful rhetoric, who shared cruel memes. All of them are responsible for this, talking about the 33 dead trans people over the last year. So, so you know, that's right. Every single trans death that occurs in the entire nation that isn't from natural causes is obviously caused by you or I. It has to be. Even, even if you're not even in the room, even if they're not actually killed by someone else but themselves, as evidence to this, Big Gay Wheelie just a day later then tweets this out that Republicans in Florida are pushing genocidal bills, calling out a bill that would restrict the use of pronouns in school. So let me get this straight. When a trans people die from shooting at cops and then getting shot back by people defending themselves, or how if a person whose mental health is so bad that's dependent on everyone calling them the right pronouns. So they don't kill themselves. That's how bad their mental health is. But both those situations are our faults as conservatives. But when a gunman walks into a bank saying he's motivated 
by how by by pushing forward, literally saying the exact words, I am motivated by the leftist push on gun control. I want to show them how easy it is. These people are innocent, but they've got to be sacrificed. That isn't the leftist fault, though. That's not their fault at all. Somehow that's still conservatives' fault because they'll sit there and say, well, you know, the gunman's got a point. You know, if you find yourself agreeing with a mass shooter, you may not be a great person. I just want to point that. You might be on the wrong side of history if you find yourself agreeing with a mass shooter. And you know what's funny is, you know, when we're pointing out this leftist rhetoric thing and, and this trans day remembrance, remember, literally it would appear, based upon the, the 33 people there that they are talking about, that more people have died for being white Christians at the hands of trans people, talking about the Nashville shooter here, then have died at the hands of white people for being trans over the last year, significantly more. And then it looks like it might just be like zero based on what happened with these 33 people. Meanwhile, we know of several for a fact in Tennessee. They didn't want us to know about it, but of course that manifesto got released. But will the left cool down their rhetoric? No, of course not. I mean, they literally called Trump Hitler. They'll go after him. They will demigod leftists left and right. It's ridiculous. And yet we don't blame them because we know it's not really their fault. We know that this person's mentally ill. I'm not going to prescribe the deaths of these people in the bank to my leftist people I know that it is their fault for somehow this person shooting up a place because they want gun control. But will the left realize this and tune down their rhetoric? I mean, you've got Joe Scarborough here over the past few days. He had, uh, he had this to say about Trump. He's very upset about Trump uh, uh, possibly getting elected. He was He's very angry about it. And he went on a diatribe with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Um, we're coming up on a break. So I'm going to play this for you. Uh, and then after that, we'll come back and, and talk about it there. It's really that simple. And by the way, Reverend Allen, people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time, or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. He's and if he is well. voted into office then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. The only, again, the only thing that stood between him 
and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. That was quite a lot of claims made by Joe there. We'll be going over uh, that ridiculousness after this short break. You're listening to the Andrew Cooper Ryder show. Conservative. Constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Ryder Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And you are back with the Andrew Cooper Ryder Show. As always, if you want to reach out to the show, remember, you can email info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com. For the break, I'd play for you. Joe Scarborough just going off. Claiming that Trump is literally a tyrant. He's going to literally execute people in office. And I was talking about how that ties in to leftist rhetoric. Um, you know, the the Louisville shooter claiming leftist rhetoric as his motivation for killing those innocent people in the bank. And and you know what's worse is now now. Obviously, as I said before, if if a mentally unstable person can't separate rhetoric and words in their mind from actions, is that the fault of people like Joe? Is that the fault of the people saying the words? No, of course not. I mean, I would say no. Obviously, I say no. But according to Big Gay Willie's logic, as I covered before the break, the blood would be on Joe's hands. If somebody listened to those words and went out and started killing Trump voters because they said, well, you know, it's going to tire. He's going to start executing people in order to save the, the many. I have to kill a few. It's justified. Well, according to Big Gay Willie, then yes, that blood would be on Joe's hands. That is their standard. And while some may argue it'd be a double standard to blame them, but yet yeah, that is their own standard. If we hold them accountable to their own words, well, that's just us making sure they're not a hypocrite, right? So maybe maybe Joe should be blamed. Maybe the leftist should be blamed for that. I don't know. I can't do it. Though. I'm just, I, I guess I'm too honorable and too honest. And, and I know that blaming them for a mentally unstable person going out there and shooting up a place, well, that's just, it's not honest and it doesn't solve the problem. And so it's not worth doing it. But you know what also doesn't solve the problem is gun control. But what's worse is, is that this piece of trash may have succeeded and getting some of our rights taken away, or at least people talking about it. Because earlier this year, and tied to this shooting, I talked about this Republican Senator Whitney Westerfield. He's on his way out. This is his last session. And as always, what you can expect from uh, so-called Republicans, especially like these so-called Republicans that Whitney Westerfield is, awful, awful person, horrible legislator. I mean, this is a guy who pushed for the commuting of of a pedophile sentence here. Okay, he's not a great person, but he started uh, he started pushing this CAR bill, which stands for Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act. And actually, in an interview with WHAS, he cited this shooting as part of the reason why. Using the same logic that the shooter wanted you to use, Senator, you are putting forward the exact thing he wants, which, by the way, wouldn't have actually addressed the shooting. Because what is Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act? Well, that is a red flag law 
that Republican Whitney Westerfield wants to get moved forward in this state and is employing the emotional standpoint of, of mothers who unfortunately their children have died due to gun violence going up to the Capitol and basically creating some kind of emotional terrorism against our legislators to try to get this bill, this car bill passed, which by the way, the crisis aversion rights retention act, that is, that is a, a supposed, I guess that's supposed to be a funny name, the rights retention part, because it definitely doesn't retain your rights. It's a red flag law. See, it, he says it's not a red flag law. He says it's retaining your rights because you get to keep your guns until a, you go in front of a judge. So, so red flag laws traditionally are they take your guns away, then you go in front of a judge arguing that you should get your guns back, even though you haven't committed a crime, even though nobody's accusing you of a crime, even though you don't get a jury by your peers to get your rights taken away, but just because some judge, you have to ask permission from some judge to continue to have your constitutional rights, even though you haven't committed a crime, absolutely a violation and definitely something we can see the government uh, misusing. That wouldn't be hard to see. But he says this is a rights retention act because, well, you get to keep your guns until the judge rules you can't have them anymore. You know, so, so basically you can, without committing a crime, for simply the act of owning a firearm, now have to expend time, money, and energy in front of a judge with an attorney in order to keep your right to own a firearm. This is what this Republican is pushing forward, a type of red flag law says it's inspired by the shooting, but you know what's weird about that being inspired by this shooting? That that type of law in place wouldn't even have stopped this shooting because it appeared the shooter didn't own any guns before he went to go buy one just a few days beforehand. He didn't own any because the mother didn't know about it till the day of it looks like. So who would have called? Who would have reported him? They didn't even think he owned guns. He bought it like a, a less than a week or so before. So it's taking our rights away to deal with something it wouldn't have dealt with. There is no law in the books that would deal with this problem. None at all. Well, y'all, it is Thanksgiving. So I thought it'd be useful to say what I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful that our country is absolutely awful at committing the acts of tyranny and dictatorship that the left always claims we do. You know, left claims that we ban books. In fact, Pink gave out thousands of banned books at a concert in Florida, which is weird. I mean, this country is just really, really awful, apparently, at banning books. So much so that you can announce beforehand you're going to hand them out, hand them out in a very public setting with police present and not get arrested for it at all. Um, it's, just, it's just funny to me, our, our banned books... Um, just we're really bad at it in this country. And I'm thankful we're really bad at banning books. I'm thankful that uh, uh, Trump is apparently just really, really bad at being a tyrant. Uh, you know, the left claims he's a tyrant, the left claims he wouldn't leave office, he'd hold on to power, that he's a dictator. But yet, that same person they claim is this awful dictator, heard Joe earlier, well, he leaves office peacefully. He's, he's of course, you know, as we all know, a, a tyrant and a dictator often comes under attack in four different trumped up indictments that absolutely are coming and made out of whole cloth. You know, we live in a country where our insurrections suck too. I mean, the January 6th footage comes out. That is the worst insurrection in history. Absolutely awful. We can't even get that right right? We can't ban books, right? Trump is horrible at being a tyrant. And January 6th is, is, if that's an insurrection, I just, 
it's like, I don't know. I mean, calmly walking around with officers just looks like an absolute, just absolutely insurrectional. Let me tell you, just awful. We're horrible at this. So I'm pretty thankful we're so bad at it. Or I'm actually thankful that we're not actually these things. I'm actually very thankful that the right, the conservatives, we are on the side of truth. We are on the side of fact. We're not on the side of demagoguery. We're not on the side of villainy. We're on the side of calm, nonviolent expression. We're not Antifa. We're not Black Lives Matter. You know, when, when you released the footage, the media was hiding on Antifa and BLM. What do you see? You see uh, more burnings, more violence, uh, more things being thrown, right? When you release the footage that the media was hiding on January 6th, what do you see? Calm, full peacefulness, walking around a tour, basically. I'm thankful that I'm on that side. I'm on the side where they literally have to make things up about us. Because the truth flies in the face of what they're trying to claim. I'm absolutely 100% thankful for that. Also thankful for this. Lindsay Tishner, senator out of Oldham County, uh, recently tweeted this out in regards to, you know, the service members during COVID that refused to take the vaccine shot. They uh, were some, they were just dismissed um, from the military because they refused to take the shot. And so Lindsay Tishner uh, tweeted this out, and it's a letter from the government basically apologizing for kicking these people out, saying that if they wanted, uh, one, they could request for their records to be changed to show that they were let go under positive situations and that they could now return to service if they so chose to. Now, of course... I don't think many of these people are going to choose necessarily to return to service. I know um, I would be hesitant to when they kick me out for refusing to take a experimental treatment, but I am thankful that this occurred. It it is standing on the side of truth. Um, It's standing on the side of what is right. I'm thankful that their military records uh, can get changed around. I am thankful for that. I'm thankful for many of things today. And I know I will be very happy to take the day with my family surrounding together to celebrate the day. Well, y'all, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Make sure you can head on over to theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's theandrewshow.com to see prior episodes, see where you can listen at and stay up to tune and up to date you know, if you're out in the WZXI listening area, you can head over there. There's a player for the uh, radio station there. I, I, I thank you all so much for listening. Remember, today at Thanksgiving, tell your friends, tell your family. Make sure you're listening to the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Have a happy, happy Thanksgiving.